the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. San Marcos Poway and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County. AM 1210, San Diego. K-Praise. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Kaz here, fresh back from Washington, D.C. And if you've been following the news, I mean, who hasn't? Washington, D.C. has been a hot spot and a very explosive spot uh, of late because things have had to happen and uh, they have happened. Some of we conservatives may have thought or think that they have happened against it, us. But you need to know, as we go through this book of Jeremiah, that God has an, an ultimate bigger plan than we have. And so I want to, this is going to be a most, the, one of the most remarkable shows I've ever done because I have a co-host with me for both hours. His name is Pastor Mark Biltz, and uh, he is the minister, lead minister of El Shaddai Ministries in Seattle, Washington. Hello, Pastor Mark. Why, hello, hello. How are you, my friend? I am fine. I'm looking at this wonderful, beautiful book that you have created about the uh, prophet Jeremiah. And one of the things that you have said as I looked through the book, and not only that, but the jacket, you know, you got to pay attention to the jacket. And it talks about the things that happened in the days of Jeremiah are the same or similar to what's going on uh, today, not only in the church, not only in America, but also in Israel. So what I thought you would spend some time helping us uh, walk through these things and also help us um, uh, discern some of the good things and bad things that we need to pay close attention to. Are you game for that? Well, it sounds like fun. We are going to have fun. And some of the questions may be a little bit tough, but they have, I have no ulterior motives other than for you and I, <laughs> for you and I to discover truth. And, exactly. And that's, all, that's all I care about on this is find God's truth. So, but uh, because in honor of you and the way you do your shows, oh, by the way, my listening friend, tomorrow you will be able to actually listen to Pastor Mark Biltz on K-Praise, uh, 10 o'clock to 10.30 a.m. on Sundays, and the name of his brand new show is called Understanding Today's Prophetic Times Through a Biblically Historic Lens. Uh, we're so excited on the K-Praise family on Salem Media to have you as one of our team members, Pastor Mark. Wow. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I think uh, it's, we live in such interesting times, don't we, Kath? Oh, we do indeed. Now, in honor of you, and I've, I've watched your shows, uh, you know, taking Torah to the nation so much, I know what you do early on. You have a man who is one of the most remarkable shofar blasters, and I think his name is Curtis, isn't it? Yes, it is. He, isn't he incredible? <laughs> he is, I, he's got more notes out of that thing than I ever even had. A, <laughs> I was only able to do one note, then I sneezed, and I realized I could get another note out of it. <laughs> oh, you're funny. So, so I think what we're going to do to start the show, and in honor of you coming on with us, and uh, the 
Shabbat time frame, but also the bigger time frame of for God's kids to pay close attention as we look at the book of Jeremiah so that I have my clarinet player and I brought my shofar. So we're going to do a blast to start the show, if that's okay with you, and then we'll kind of jump jump on in. Very good. Hang on, Pastor Mark. My listening friends, uh, in Scripture, the Bible talks about blowing the trumpet in Zion and sounding an alarm. Well, this is a time where an alarm needs to be sounded, so my... My producer, Neil, and I are going to blow shofars. Well, actually, he's going to blow a clarinet, but he can find the same key that I do. And so we're going to start the show with that. Stand by, my friends. Be ready, because God is blowing a shofar or a trumpet in your Zion as well. Not like Curtis, uh, Pastor Mark. But, uh, <laughs> that was great. What do you mean? That was great. <laughs> but uh, I've watched you, and you're actually coming along quite well on the shofar. I know there were some times you were going, I'm going to do this, even though I'm not sure, sure what's going to come out, but I have to commend you. You are becoming quite a shofar <laughs> blaster as well. <laughs> so I do try. Uh, Prophet uh, Jeremiah, here we are. Why don't you give a, a brief overview on who you are and uh kind of like you're calling to write this book, and then we're going to dig more into the specifics. Pastor Mark Biltz, Al Shaddai Ministries. Lay it on us, yeah. Pastor Mark. Hey, well, thank you. I started El Shaddai about 20 years ago. Uh, I was raised Catholic for 19 years. Uh, even though my uh, great-grandpa was 100% Jewish, uh, he was tired of being a poor tailor in France, and so he left his wife and ran off with a wealthy Catholic lady to America and had my grandpa. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, then, so you, you, uh, you have Hebrew blood. Oh, I, my, I have built as my, my exact relatives listed in Yad Vashem that died in the Holocaust. Oh, I have some my. that were, you know, the uh, movie um, where they're all running and hiding. Not Schindler's uh, List. No, no, the other Defiance, the movie oh, Defiance. Uh-huh. Yeah, some of my relatives were some of those that uh, were defiant and ran and, you know, attacked the Nazis. So another one died uh, that's listed in Yad Vashem in a plane crash uh, fighting the Nazis. But it's on my father's side, not my mother's side. Yes. So what was interesting, uh, so my uh, grandpa was raised uh, Jewish, but uh, his mom was Catholic, you know, until they separated. And so he raised uh, my dad Catholic, who married my mom, who's a Protestant, but we would do the Jewish Passover, and I still have the Hebrew-English Passover so, when I was a kid. So I got a Catholic dad, Protestant mom, we're doing the Jewish Passover to remember our Jewish roots. So it's crazy. <laughs> Pastor Mark, here's what I see. You are the personification of what God is doing in the Church Collective and the uh, uh, and Israel Collective, all in one person named Mark Bills, is what I'm seeing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I definitely have a... Dare. I was Catholic for 20 years, then I got saved, I was Protestant for 20 years, and then I jumped into studying uh, the Jewish perspective. I'm still a believer by all means, but uh, we know that even husbands and wives have different perspectives. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And for, for me, it was a matter of, okay, I, I need to look out of this other lands, and it blew me away. And so all of a sudden I realized, as you very well know, Kaz, it says we see through glass darkly. Yes. Uh, we only know in part. 
Well, in Romans 11, it says the Jews were only blinded in part. So we both see through a glass darkly, and the first one to see through the other lens gets to see the clearer picture. So it's like, wow. The way that I I see it is that the Jews see through a glass darkly, the Gentile Christians see through a glass darkly. If we uh, used one of our eyes and one of the other person's eyes together (laughs) through through the uh, telescope or the microscope or the binoculars, we would see clearly collectively, and we could only see clearly if we had joined side by side. That was just, that's my observation. Oh, I think, I think that's exactly right. Uh, there, in Isaiah 25, it talks about how God is going to remove the veil that mm. is over all nations. So all nations have a veil. But the other thing is, even if the veil was removed, we still would see through a glass darkly if God's face was still veiled. So he also has to remove the veil that he has placed over his face. Uh, And so to me, it's going to be very important that we see clearly uh, exactly what God is doing in the earth today. Yes. Well, you you know, because I hear you teach frequently, but you know that we are in a pivotal time, not only in the United States of America, not only in Israel, but also the rest of the world is having tributary times right now. And if we were to dig into the prophets in general, but specifically Jeremiah, a lot of our anxieties would be uh, absolved or at least light shined upon them. So what, on this new, new book that you have out, Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah, we've got about two minutes in this segment, so I want you to use these two minutes to set the stage so that we can dig in deeply in the uh, Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah. And my listening friends, I just came back from Washington, D.C., so some of the maladies that... Uh, Dr. Mark Biltz is going to share, I'm going to say, I just saw those maladies this week (laughs) in the United States and its government. Mark, lay it on us. Well, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it says that which has been is that will happen again. There's nothing new under the sun. And so we have to realize history repeats itself. Now, it may be different actors, but it's the same stage in history. Do uh, you know in Jeremiah's day they had to deal with fake news? <laughs> I think so. I think I recall pieces of D- Jeremiah that would imply that. So we've got about a minute and a half or two minutes. Okay. How do you want to bring this to the point where we can launch off into this book? And your well, let me book? let me run through there. We could talk about these more individually. Yes. But they also had quarantines. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had besieged the city. They also had foreign influence in their politics. Egypt was appointing their king, and that Babylon was appointing their king. They had political infighting. They had religious infighting. They had pandemics. They had food shortages. <clears throat> they, Even, they probably uh, had people on the inside who pretended like they were okay, but they had ulterior motives in violation of God's plans, too, didn't they? Oh, of course, matter of fact, <laughs> Jeremiah, who was not only a prophet, he was also a priest. The other priests were out to kill him. His, the other prophets were out to kill him. The princes, the kings, the people, his own family, the Lord said, don't even listen to them. They're out to betray you. <laughs> my, my. So the, the, uh, maybe the lesson is never be a prophet. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, because the prophets <clears throat> are, are called of God, and they know that they're in the crosshairs in many instances. So would you join us for the entire two hours until the top of the second hour, 7 o'clock on the West Coast? And would you parse through the book of Jeremiah when people begin to realize the depth of the book of Jeremiah, but also how you have 
uh, discovered how it is so scattered, different chapters in different places, uh, and you have pulled those together so we can get a, an actual literal timeline. It's going to blow our listeners' minds. Are you game for that, Pastor Mark Bills? Oh, I sure am, but just know we are a nonprofit ministry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're a nonprofit ministry, but people can, they can still non-profit. go. Nonprofit. Oh, oh, no, oh, you know what? Kaz, you know, Kaz was just so so uh, dense that he didn't get your joke. And, you know, that's just my style of joke, too. I, I, I'm almost ashamed that I didn't get your joke. <laughs> but that would be appropriate for me to say www.esm.usa, even though you are a non-P-R-O-P-H-E-T, no, P-R-O-F-I-T ministry. You got it. <laughs> well, my friends, I guess you can tell where this two-hour broadcast is going to go. We're going to have some fun, but it's also going to be some austere information as well when Pastor Mark Biltz and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends, to perhaps one of the most remarkable shows I've ever broadcast. And part of that is because of my co-host, Mark Biltz, pastor at El Shaddai Ministries in SeaTac or Seattle, Washington area, Tacoma, Washington area. What's the actual city in which you find yourself, Pastor Mark? It's a little suburb of Tacoma, basically. It's called Sumner. Sumner. Yes, yes, yes. My, my listening friend, we're going to be engaging in one of the most remarkable books in the Old Testament, and it is called the Book of the Prophet Jeremiah. And I just came back, Mark, from Washington, D.C., and, you know, speaking of turbulence, which was uh, going on in Jeremiah's day, similar turbulences are going on in the United States today. So as you start sharing some truths about Jeremiah and the words that he directed to uh, the Holy Land in Israel, I'm going to say, yeah, and that's happening right now. You're going to say it as well. And I think what what we my intent or my hope is while you sharing uh, on your book the decoding of prophet Jeremiah and about the book of Jeremiah people can also get a sense about what i just discovered this last week in washington dc the corruption but also the judeo christian values which were heavily voiced and illustrated by the patriots in washington dc nearly uh, some people say a million people some people say 2 2.3 million market was a large group of people so i'm going to hand the baton to you and kind of give the uh, kind of the picture of what's going on here, and then maybe we can attack some of your favorite chap- chapters. So you were, I'm just going to hand it to you and let you take the lead on this, and I'll, <laughs> I'll just jump in. I'm talking too much already, Pastor Mark, because I'm so ex- excited. Lay it on us. Well, hey, I love a conversation, so let's continue to go back and forth. But one of the interesting things about Jeremiah, it, he lived in chaotic times just like we do, uh, just like you're saying. <laughs> As a matter of fact, one of the interesting chapters, 12, Jeremiah basically has the same heart as many believers do today. And he said, God, I know you would win any argument with me, but I got a problem. <laughs> would, would, would you listen? He says, why do the wicked succeed and prosper? Yeah, I mean, and it's like, why is it that they, you know, they, they're planted, their roots go deep, they bear fruit, 
you know, and, and he says, God, tell me, what, why? You're the one who helps them succeed, it seems like. And I think that's what a lot of people's heart is right now, too. Yes. And uh, the God's response was, now, Jeremiah, he says, uh, if you're having trouble running with the footmen, what are you going to do when you have to run with the horses? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so God uh, always... Uh, wants us to realize, you know, we have to put our big boy pants and our big girl <laughs> pants on, and uh, we have to realize we're in a race. I mean, Hebrew says we're in a race. Yes. Everything we read, we are in a race, and it's only the one who makes it to the end gets the prize. Yes. And so we have to, the problem Jeremiah was having, he was too narrowly focused at his own problem. He needed the bigger focus, God's vision. And so what God was telling Jeremiah is you have to look at the bigger picture. You can't just look you know, with a narrow view. Yes. You know, Pastor Mark, as I look at what's going on in the United States and your comment about uh, in, in Jeremiah, it says, if you can't run with the foot soldiers, how can you run with the horses and the chariots and that kind of thing? You just can't. And so what I see in the church right now is we're complaining that we're not able to even keep up with the footmen. You know, I mean, the, the, the I'm going to just say this, so I get in trouble, I get in trouble. The Antifa people or the BLM people or the, the or, 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 or our congressperson that may be non, non, uh, not, not willing to embrace Judeo-Christian values. And really those are kind of the foot soldiers. There's a bigger picture going on that is supernatural and spiritual. And if we can't handle this little stuff, like maybe getting people in, in, uh, elected into different positions like that and making our stand when there's a time to make our stand, how dare we even think that we can deal with the big stuff? And the big stuff is just coming down right now, but God has a solution. He gave Jeremiah in those days, and he's given us the wisdom of Mark Biltz <laughs> these days. I'm, I'm teasing him a little bit, but so uh, use that as your springboard, would you, Pastor Mark? <laughs> Well, I think the thing is, if you remember, and I know your listeners know this from Chronicles 714, God doesn't say if the wicked repent. He said, if my people will (laughs) humble themselves. Uh, And so we're always trying to blame our behavior sometimes on our circumstances, but circumstances do not define us. Circumstances only reveal who we are. And so too many people blame their circumstances on why they behave the way they do, but actually the circumstances, they they don't define you. They just show you who you are and what what has to, you know, uh, be taken care of. How How did this look in the days of Jeremiah? Oh, my goodness, it was so bad in Jeremiah's day. You know, if you remember, let's look at Sodom and Gomorrah. A lot of people think we're living in the days of, like, Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, God, you know, was uh, talking to Abraham, and Abraham talked him down to ten people. If he could find ten righteous in this heathen city, he would spare the city. But in Jeremiah 5, God's talking to Jeremiah And Jerusalem is supposed to be the holy city. And God says to Jeremiah, hey, if you can find one person, I'll spare it. You know, and and so here Abraham was hoping to find ten righteous in a wicked city, and God was trying to find one righteous in his city. Uh, And so it's like, oh, my goodness, it's when God's people get out of relationship with him. Because if you remember in... uh, Jeremiah's day, King Josiah, he was the boy king that was only eight years old when yes. he began to reign, and, and then they, they kind of had a revival, and they found a Torah scroll, and they had the greatest revival, the largest Passover ever. But in Jeremiah, God says that 
revival was all under pretense. It was all hypocritical. It was all fake. It's kind of like when 9-11 happened. You got the big revival mm. for a whole two months. <laughs> yes. And, and so God is wanting his people to humble themselves. And I think that's part of the reason of the coronavirus. Uh, it has to do with pride. God wants to humble his people, you know, so that we have the right attitude uh, with what's going on. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, as I as I look at this, the parallels between what's going on today and parallels that were going on back then, pride is an issue. Also, the frailty of the church, of believers, is a major issue. And uh, oh, a, yes. a, a, as I look at the church right mm-hmm. now and a lot of people that are just kowtowing to made-up rules— and, and, and if they can't handle the made-up rules and, and make their stand, what's going to happen when it's, you know, somebody rapping at your door? Uh, I'm, uh, so, you know, I, I, well, I, want to be de- <laughs> I want to be delicate with this because a lot of people yeah. are just coming to that revelation. But we're in those times right now as well. It's time for God's kids to act rightfully and righteously and then entrust God to provide the solutions. Would you like to carry this? We've got about two, uh, two or three minutes left in this segment. It go, I told you, Pastor Mark, it was going to go fast. So no, no, that's a great way. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about knocking at the door. Uh, and a lot of people misunderstand the Scriptures, and re- they use the verse in Revelation where Jesus says, I stand at the mm-hmm. door and knock as a salvation message. No, he's standing at the door of the church. It's the church of Laodicea. Mm-hmm. He's left, and they don't even know he's gone. <laughs> uh, that's the door he's knocking at. He's saying, hey, I'm out here. You know, they're mm-hmm. saying, leave us alone. We're having church. Uh, well, in Jeremiah's day, in chapter 7, they're trusting in the temple of the Lord. And they say repeatedly, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. And the Lord comes up saying, and he says, what? You're trusting in lying words. And he's speaking to his people, and he says, you're going to steal and murder and commit adultery and swear falsely and walk after other gods and then come and stand before me in this house called by my name and say, hey, we're delivered to do all these abominations. My, my, my. And that's what many believe. They got Jesus in their pocket. They got their get out of hell free card, and uh, they can send all they want, and then they just flash that, uh, and it's it's totally a misunderstanding of the mm. entire Bible, or a, a, a mis misapplication, or a, a, yeah. a, a purposeful denial. <laughs> exactly. As, as I, I look at the uh, the government of America, and the Constitution is clear, talking about the Creator and things like that. There's there's reverence for the Creator of the universe within the Constitution, and here we think. You know, we elect somebody and put them in the Congress or put them in the Senate or put them in some other uh, elected position in the states. And we go, okay, that's taken care of. Now we can go back about our lives. Well, what happened in Jeremiah's day, uh, sin crept in and it was very blatant. And uh, the people went along with that instead of making God's stand. We've got about one more minute in this segment. Why don't you bring this to a a, a leaping point (laughs) and then we'll come back in the next segment because we're having so much fun. Pastor Mark? <laughs> oh, we are, but sometimes you have to add a little humor into the tragedy so yes. that, that we can, you know, swallow it. But that's what the, the Lord is doing, that we know Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Yes. Uh, but the reason why is he wasn't weeping for himself. He was uh, the God's ambassador. He was representing God's heart, weeping over the destruction of the temple, the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, if, if you have a teenager who's rebellious and punching holes in the walls and you have to end up kicking him out of the house, the, the teenager goes, wow, I guess, you know, dad meant it. 
but what if he not only kicked you out of the house, but dad burnt the house down and moved? I mean, now <laughs> we know he's serious. Well, that's what happened with Israel. God was just so upset because they had um, ruined the relationship. They thought it was all about uh, tradition and not oh. about a close relationship. My, my, and, and relate that to today, and then we're going to carry this discussion into the next segment. Relate that to today. Well, today, all too often, we also get wrapped up in our traditions and not in the relationship with God. God says in Jeremiah, you've forgotten me days without number. You, you don't spend any time with me. You're not in your prayer closet. You know, uh, it, it's just a matter of you do something by rote and you go on your way. Uh, God wants a friend. Oh, God yes. wants someone yeah. to spend time with. That's right. He wants an intimate relationship like uh, Adam met with God in the cool of the day and they walked together and talked together. We go, God, you've got the three minutes and 17 seconds, kind of like me and, my, and the clock here that I have to deal with. But uh, So uh, let's make it right, and then uh, uh, I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same station. My listening friend, the, t- the time is now to in- in- engross yourself with the presence of God because he has not only great things to show you that are a blessing, but you're going to find out as we talk with Pastor Mark in the next segments, he's going to sh- instruct you on how to defend against the plans of the enemy which have come against you and have come against your nation, just as they came against the, the uh, nation of Israel, Judah, and their nation. We're going to talk more about that when Pastor Mark Biltz and Kaz come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hey, my friends. Back again with the wonderful guy. I got to tell you, I, I love how, how Mark Biltz presents himself and the truth because you cannot help but listen to and like this guy because he doesn't take himself too seriously. If, if there's an audio problem or something like that, he'll say, well, you know, this happens. And he, I've never seen him get angry about things. He just goes with the flow and all of a sudden he looks at, at, at his monitor and sees how many people are listening and watching his program and it's not only all the people in his immediate surrounding area but it's throughout the united states they're watching his broadcast and then he looks again he goes oh and there's uh, 14 or 20 nations watching as well i'm going are you kidding me wow so mark i got to tell you high high accolades to your ability to command people's interest and then give them the deep stuff and the fun stuff as well i i, I really appreciate you well, thank you so much. It, what's amazing is, uh, you know, before COVID, when we could actually meet in our local congregation, we had a dozen nations coming. I mean, it was crazy. Several languages were spoken, and every denomination it was totally a hodgepodge. Uh, and as you said, when we meet on Saturday mornings from 10 to noon or whatever, we'll have over 300 cities and 30 nations live streaming. It's crazy. It, it, well, it's crazy, but what it tells you, there is a hunger and a thirst 
for the depth of God's Word. And I was praying about how we were going to do this show because there's just so much stuff. And even though it's going to be you know, a two-hour broadcast minus the commercial breaks, uh, it's going to be impossible to cover everything. But I got to thinking about the, the premise uh, about uh, communicating truths to Israel as the prophet Jeremiah, but also communing truth, communicating truths to a nation like the United States of America. And one of the things that uh, Jeremiah did is he communicated in unique ways but as you as you speak about in the book of Jeremiah it doesn't it's not sequential there's a chapter here and this belongs over here and there's a chapter over here that really doesn't belong next it belongs over further the other direction and it's kind of like somebody uh, had you know cut out chapters and they sneezed and all of a sudden you <laughs> you know it, 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 so it's it's not continuous and so you have taken it upon yourself in your wonderful book, Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah, uh, to assemble these in a chronological order. And I got to thinking about that, Mark, and tell me whether you would agree with this or not. We as Christians, we take uh, the gospel and the different books of, of the Bible, and we take them based on what we need at this moment without seeing any continuing logical sequence in it. And so when we need uh, finances. We go to the scriptures that talk about finances, or when we need uh, in, an intimate relationship, or whatever it is, we just pluck a scripture uh, that that is appropriate to that, and we go, okay, well, that's it. I feel good. But God's saying, like in the book of Jeremiah, God has stirred you to put these sequentially, and when you understand the care of God's word sequentially, all of a sudden, things that you didn't ever see come to light. And so what you've done in this book decoding the prophet Jeremiah, you have put them sequentially so people can get an understanding of what was happening in the day at this time frame and then this next time frame about which uh, Jeremiah spoke and the next. We as Christians, we'll just go in and we'll say, okay, here's the Gospels and here's what Jesus did in this instance. And and so I'm going to apply that without looking at the broader picture because when you look at the broader picture, you're you're not just a uh, sustain me Lord kind of a Christian. You're a Christian that knows the character of God, and you can entrust that in your life and lifestyle. I'm going to hand it over to you, Pastor Mark Biltz. <laughs> well, you're exactly right, Cass. Uh, most people don't realize they, they don't look at the context of the whole book. Yes. For example, I have here uh, in the introduction of my book, when you uh, I divide the chapters up by the king, so that helps. But like the way that Jeremiah should be read... You need to read chapter 1, and then chapter 3, and then 14, and then 17, and then 11 and 12, followed by 9. You know, I mean, that's the order it needs to be read in for you to really understand what's going on. But when you do, all kinds of phenomenal things come together. But I think the reason why, people ask me, well, how come it's that way in the Bible? How, how come everything's out of order in Jeremiah? And why well, I say because God wants us to know that in, it's symbolic of the times of chaos that he was in, but that God is still in control. Yes. And so that's what the, that's hard for people to realize in times of chaos. Where's God? You know, is uh, is his hand here? And I give the example in the book of Lamentations. Most people don't realize this because they don't know Hebrew. But the book of Lamentations, the first chapter has 22 verses. Why? It's because there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. 
And comparing it to English, the first verse would begin with a word that begins with letter A, and the second one with B, and the third one with C, until you get all 26 letters of the English. (laughs) But see, in Hebrew, you don't see, if you only look at the Lamentations in English, you don't see that. But it's an acronym. I mean, it's uh, it's just, uh, it's all set up like that. Well, guess what? Chapter 2 also is 22 verses with each verse again going after the order of the Hebrew alphabet, but all of a sudden there's a change. Two letters get flipped uh, in alphabetical order. Well, what's interesting in Hebrew, every letter is also a word. Well, the two letters that get reversed the, uh, are the letter pay, which means mouth, and the letter ayin, which means to know and understand. Well, in the Hebrew alphabet, to know and understand comes before you open your mouth. Well, <laughs> this gets reversed in chapter 2. All of a sudden, they're speaking about what they know not what they're talking about. Well, it goes through like that. Chapter 3, uh, there are 66 verses because it's like three A's and three B's and three C's, but all in the Hebrew. And then in chapter 4, it's back to 22 verses because of the 22 letters with those same two letters reversed. And then finally in chapter 5, the 22 verses are totally scrambled, thrown in the air. There is no rhyme or meaning or sequence symbolizing the end of the matter where it's just total chaos. But when you see through the whole thing how God has it, everything under control, and we know in Jeremiah, he says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you thoughts, you know, to give you peace and an expected end. We always can find our hope in God, but that's what we need to do is to trust in Him and and not always look at our circumstances. Yes, and it's important, wouldn't you say, to be able to put the pieces together uh, and, and know when you start to understand the Hebrew alphabet that, you know, when you've got, I, I don't know, maybe each letter has maybe 26, 27, 23, 40 uh, different, different interpretations in and of itself, but also but when you start putting those together, then it's multiples of those things. And the word of God is, I would say, infinite. So, I mean, God says... I've given you all the truths here. All you have to do is properly discern them and let me whisper in your ear what they mean. And all of a sudden, you're a man or woman of God's revelation. Yes, you guys live down there by the ocean. And when it comes to water, the Word of God is compared to water. And the question is, what is your relationship to the water? Do you want to just stay on the beach, or do you want to get out on the water in a boat? Do you want to swim, snorkel, or scuba dive? And and I find within Christianity, everyone is at a different relationship with the water. There are some that want to scuba dive, and they want to see the depth and the treasures. And so that's what we want to do, is take people uh, off the beach and get them into the depths of the Word of God. And it's like a puzzle. Can you imagine trying to put a a thousand-piece puzzle together, but you don't have the box top? You have no (laughs) idea. That's going to be troublesome, okay? But the amazing thing is the Word of God is like a puzzle. And when all of a sudden you put the pieces together and you can see the whole picture, wow, all of a sudden things pop out you didn't see when you're just looking at one piece. You, You see how it fits. And one example I like to give is, Everyone's familiar with the story of the three Hebrew children in Daniel getting thrown into the fiery furnace in Babylon. But what I do, I, come, I take that book of Daniel, Ezekiel, the other prophets, and I tie them to Jeremiah in a timeline by putting it in order, and you won't believe what happens. In, in Jerusalem, 
um, God has Jeremiah write in the scroll the warning to King Jehoiakim uh, that he better repent or trouble was coming, and, and God wanted him to repent. And so Baruch, Jeremiah's scribe, writes the prophecy and brings it to the king, and someone is reading the warning to Jehoiakim, and guess what he does? He takes the scroll, cuts it into three or four leaves, and he throws it in the fireplace with a burning fire, and the word of the Lord is thrown into the fire. Well, guess what? The same year that the word of the Lord is thrown into the fire in Jerusalem, the word of the Lord appears in the fire in Babylon. And so I find that fascinating oh, that all of a sudden... You mean, is it you mean Meshach, Shedrach, and Abednego, the, that's the right. actual uh, God appears with the, the, the yes. his kids... Uh, and, yeah, so here so they're throwing the word of the Lord away into the fire in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden the word of the Lord appears in the fire in Babylon to save oh, the Hebrew my, children. My good. Uh, we're coming to the uh, break time, uh, Pastor Mark, but as you were talking about this and how the you know the word of God is like a puzzle, like a thousand-piece puzzle without the box. <laughs> I, I love that. But, you know, there's, it reminds me of a scripture as, we're, as we get ready to go into the next section, and you can be thinking about how you want to broach the subject. But the Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, like yeah. puzzle pieces, and it's the honor of kings or us to find out a matter. So, my friend, God has given us these puzzle pieces called his word, his Torah, his New Testament, and it's our honor to be able to piece these things together to give us directions to go not only for today but tomorrow as well. We're going to illustrate this in the, the life and times of Jeremiah, which will also illustrate to us the life and times of Y-O-U. When Mark Biltz and I <laughs> come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. And I'm back with my co-host of co-hosts, Dr. Pastor Mark Biltz. Hello, Mark. Hello, hello. Great to be with you. <laughs> My friends, we've, we've uh, entered into some fun but also challenging waters as we start talking about the depth of the prophet Jeremiah and how that relates to us today. And we talked a little bit about puzzle pieces in the last segment, and I left you with a scripture that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing in the honor of kings to find it out. It's our ob- obligation to actually, if we want to have an intimate relationship with him, he says, you can have that intimate relationship, but you've got to get to know me. And how do we get to know him? By knowing his word and also listening to his Holy Spirit, which he embeds within us. And we have a, a twofold uh plan that God gives us, his spirit and his word together, so we can know him more fully. Uh, Pastor Mark, um, I'm not sure where you want to take this. I wanted to spend some time uh, identifying some of your favorite chapters and relating them to what's going on today, and then maybe me saying, yeah, that's, I saw that happening in Washington, D.C. this week. But before, before we do, I have, to, I have to tell a funny story about you and I'll tell you what, when I listen to his shows, you know, I have to take notes. I'm going, how did he get there? What? And then, he, you know, because I love to study Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament as well. So as soon as he says something, I go, that's kind of what I understand, but he, he shared it differently. So he, he has to put up with Kaz going, am I on the right? I email him maybe 30 times a day. I'm kidding, of course, but frequently. And I go, my headline to, my, to him is, right track or wrong track, question mark. And he's been very gracious to me. And I, go, I ask him 
questions that I think are tough, and he goes, oh, well, that's here. And he throws me a scripture, and, I, and all of a sudden my eyes are open, and that's another puzzle piece. And my friends, what God wants us to do is to be able to, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, but so much the more edifying one another as the day is, is, that is approaching. The day's approaching, and the puzzle pieces are there. We may only have one or two pieces, but the more rela- relationship we have with other people, then they have a piece of the puzzle that we never saw. And God goes, all right, you're becoming one with me, but you're also becoming one with one another <laughs> and that was my plan in the beginning. So I'm going to hand this to you, uh, Pastor Mark. Where would you like to take this in regards to your book, Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah? Well, you know what you said, uh, Kaz, is so important. We have to realize we don't have the whole puzzle. I think God has not only torn the puzzle into a thousand pieces, he's given <laughs> them to a thousand people. And so if we want to see, we have to be able to listen to other people's perspective to help put everything together. Uh, One of the things that happened uh, in the book of Jeremiah, as I was going through it, I could not believe it, but uh, you have King Jehoiakim, who reigned for 11 years. The baton got passed to King Zedekiah for 11 years, and then the temple was destroyed. Well, as I said, it's a puzzle. Chapters are mixed up. And believe it or not, well, let me ask you this. Do you think our media is biased? No, they're as straight as can be. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's false news, but it sounds like uh, Jeremiah had false news reports galore as well. So how does how does he reconcile that with the people, and how are we supposed to reconcile that with uh, Judeo Christian values? Aha, good question, huh? Yeah, well, one of the problems is our English translators were biased as well. And this is why you have to study to show yourself approved and really put these puzzle pieces together. In some Bibles, there's a verse in Jeremiah where they say it was uh, King Yehoiakim that did something. But it wasn't. It was King Zedekiah. And in Hebrew, it plainly has in Hebrew written Zedekiah, but the English translators in some versions think, well, that can't be right. The timeline's wrong. So they just arbitrarily put in Yehoiakim. But it's Zedekiah, plainly. And so part of the problem is, oh my goodness, what do you do when you have translators that are purposely... Uh, mistranslating things. And oh, you say purposely, so it's not an, a, an act, so, uh, act of accident. No, they had an ulterior an motive, because... motive that they wanted to uh, present something in a way that was not true to Scripture. Exactly, because wow. they translated it correctly a hundred times throughout the book, but that particular place, they changed their mind. You know, and, and so it's like, wow, what do you do with that? You know, and, and so, but the other thing that you also kind of brought up was I believe God likes to play hide-and-seek. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, we played hide-and-seek, and I'd have a good spot, and pretty soon everybody quit looking for me. <laughs> and it's like, well, I guess it's time to go home. But uh, You didn't get to play much, did you? I mean, it was you didn't, you didn't have to go run, touch the, the marker because nobody could find you. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? God sometimes will hide, but the reason he hides is to see how fervently we really want to look for him. Do we just want to look for him if he's easily found, but if he's hard, we stop looking? Uh, But God wants to know our hearts, and he wants to see where we're at. And one of the scariest things, and and one of my favorite, I mean, I have, as you know, if you follow me, every book of the Bible is my favorite. Uh, Every chapter is my favorite. But in Jeremiah chapter 7, there's something that happens where God tells Jeremiah 
don't even pray for this people. Don't lift up a cry. Don't pray for them. Don't make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. My, 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 hey, you, would you say that again? Because we all go, you know, the prayer is the silver bullet that solves things, but sometimes not. Would you explain that to us? Exactly. Uh, it's three or four times in my book I mention all the different times where God literally tells Jeremiah, quit praying. Don't lift up a cry. Don't make intercession. I'm not going to hear. And it's the reason why is because God says every time I've called to them, they would not hear me. So now when they called me, I won't hear them. And uh, we seem to think that we are in control of the relationship. Uh, one of my other favorite books is the Song of Songs. And there, here, it talks about the bridegroom is coming. And many are familiar where he's coming along, and, and, and it says, he says to the bride, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. Well, look at the words. The winter's past. This old gal went into hibernation. She slept all winter. And, and he's knocking on the door, and he's saying, Open the door. And her response is, Go take a hike. Read it. I'm serious. She says, you know, you go and on the, the mountains of Beether, you take a hike, I'm going to enjoy the house. And it's kind of like we just want to live within the four walls of the church and not go out and work the harvest. And that's what he was asking her to do. Oh and then later on, I believe in chapter 5, he comes back and he's knocking on the door. As a matter of fact, this time he's beating on the door. She's in bed and he's telling her to open the door. And she says, what? You want me to put my coat back on? I got to put my shoes on. I'll get my feet dirty if I go out there. It's pouring down rain. And then she finally opens the door. And again, he's left. Yes, he's gone. Yeah. And so we need to call upon the Lord when he calls. We can't think we can just pull him out when we need him. Yes. Uh, That's part of the problem uh, with our relationship that people have. Yes. Uh, It's time for a break again. But boy, did you set the stage again for for more stuff. Uh, the first hour is over. Can you believe that, uh, Pastor Crazy. Mark? There's a scripture I'm going to leave you with, my listening friend, as we come back and revisit the book of Jeremiah. And the scripture says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you things that you do not know. The truth of the matter is, he wants to, he's playing the game. He wants us to call upon him, but we have to pursue him in order to properly call upon him. What does that look like, and what did Jeremiah have to face, and how did he reprimand a, a lackadaisical uh, nation? And you're going to find some of those uh, repr- uh, reprimands uh, living in our churches and even in our own doors of our own houses. And uh, Uh, Mark Bilson and I are going to talk about those things. But it's good news in the end because we win because we embrace him. And uh, Dr. Mark Bilts and I, when we talk about decoding the prophet Jeremiah, we will talk about it some more when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, KPraise. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on KPraise. Hey, my friends, welcome back with me and my co-host for this entire show, ending at the top of this hour, 7 o'clock. Not the top of the hour now. We're past the top of this hour into the next hour. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, Pastor Moore, thank you for putting up for my corniness. But uh, that's okay, because I, I put up with yours as well, but I love you as a result of it. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah, a wonderful book, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that more as we go into this final hour for this. But my listening friend, you need to know something. First of all, Mark Biltz is now a new a team player, a new member of the Salem Media Group San Diego and KPRZ in particular because he has a brand new broadcast broadcasting on KPRZ on Sundays from 10 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And here's here's the title. You're going to have a hard time remembering this, but as you go into the KPRZ website and find out about his show, you'll be able to just put uh, and you're in the search engine Mark Biltz and look at it for Sunday and you will see it at 10.30. 10:30 and the title of the show is Understanding Today's Prophetic Times Through a Biblically Historic Lens. And my friends, my hope is as you have listened to this show and are continuing to listen to this show, this will inspire you to go on Sunday if you're not going to formal church and you want to catch something with with uh, like a person that sounds like this guy because it is this guy. Check out uh, from 10 to 10:30 this Sunday on KPRZ Understanding Today's Prophetic Times through a biblically historic lens. So have I sufficiently promoted your show, Mark? <laughs> you, you sufficiently promoted it. What's <laughs> fun about it is I go through the New Testament and show how there's so much misunderstanding by not knowing the biblical culture. For example, the cock crowing when the Peter denied Christ and the rooster crowed three times. It never happened. Uh, just like someone's called uh, the president, that's a title. Well, there was a priest who had the title of rooster who would call out three times for everyone to begin the morning service. So, yes, it happened. It's very biblical, but it wasn't a rooster. It was an actual priest who was called the rooster that would call people out. So it's just things like that. Oh, my, my, my. And my friend, when I, I, I would love uh, Pastor Mark because he doesn't just—I'll tell you what. He's one of those guys, if he's going to teach a book, don't plan him— on him only teaching that book. He draws from, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, and uh, accolades of today and yesterday, and he weaves the whole thing together. So you look at it and you go, I had no clue. So he's a master puzzle builder, puzzle designer. And so, uh, Mark, before we dive into these things further on uh, decoding the prophet Jeremiah, how can people get a copy or multiple copies of this book? Well, uh, they can go to El Shaddai Ministries' website, and we made it real easy. It's just esm.us, and they can order the book, or, of course, they could get it from Amazon or in a local bookstore. You know, they could probably order it. Uh, We're in a lot of different markets. But uh, the easiest way is just to go to the website, esm.us, and they can order it rightly directly from us and we'll get it right out yes and as you visit his site you will find a plethora of uh, content within that uh, this man loves Hebrew as well and so he has discovered that by putting these Hebrew puzzle pieces together it unfolds a story beyond your imagination call into me and I will answer you and I will show you things that you do not know well you're going to discover things that you did not know you didn't even know that you didn't know them and uh, <laughs> Mark Biltz is the guy that will help you ins- inspire that search yourself. And there will be a time where you go, okay, well, I think I got this. And all of a sudden you start this journey or this trek on your own, and you start bringing other people in, and all of a sudden God's Word is glorified, and the Torah is preached throughout the nations because of Y-O-U and your obedience. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, for example, uh, the word Zion, as everyone knows, is another name for Jerusalem. This was the, when Messiah was crucified. But when David wrote the word Zion, a thousand years before Messiah, Messiah was on this earth, in Hebrew, if you remember, the Lord said he wanted to make us fishers of men. And if he be lifted up, he'll catch all men. Well, the Hebrew word Zion, it was the font is different than it is today. The Hebrew, just like you can have a hundred different fonts on your computer. Yes. Well, in Hebrew, the fonts were different. Every letter was a picture, and the very word Zion, the first letter was a fish hook, and the last letter was a fish. So the very <laughs> word Zion, when David wrote it, he wrote the he drew the picture of a fish hook for the first letter and a fish for the last letter. So what's the bait on the hook to catch the fish? The middle two letters of Zion in Hebrew are the pictures of a hand and a nail. So the nailed hand of the Messiah was the bait on the hook to catch the fish. Oh, Mark Bill, see, my friends, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Okay, Mark, well done. And uh, here's what I'd like to do in the remaining segments here, because um, I, I... I got to admit, it's a little selfish. I have loved many, many scriptures in the book of Jeremiah. So I'm going to give you a few that I have been stirred by through my life in studying scripture. And I want you to uh, align that with what you want to talk to about uh, Prophet Jeremiah in his day and how it relates to us today. And I'm going to go back to my little journey to and from Washington, D.C. recently. And I realized this scripture was true right now. And I'm going to have you elaborate on that as well, because I'm seeing uh, Donald Trump, who has an uh, unconventional way of looking at things. And I look at uh, King David, who had an uh, unconventional way of looking at things as well. I see some common denominators there. And so I want to talk about this verse and hand it over to you and let you apply it to yesterday and today and even forever. Jeremiah 9.23 and it says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let he who understands and knows me, exercise, who exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. And in these things I delight. My friends, here's the deal. We in our government, we in our lives and lifestyles, we tend to go with the, uh, look how wise I am. Look how mighty I am or how rich I am. Um, but the whole idea is understanding and knowing God. And when you do that, all these other things fall in line. And I think that's where the, the American government and uh, the Constitution has swayed a little bit away from Judeo-Christian values because we are trying to apply man's wisdom, man's wealth, man's understanding. And all of a sudden we realize we've separated ourselves with the, from the intention of the uh, Constitution. David had the same issue, and I'm going to hand this back to you to speak into it with wiser words than Kaz could ever come <laughs> up with, Mark Bills. No, you're fine. I think <laughs> the, the, the situation is too often we glory in the wrong things. We glory in the things that we have done, uh, not in what God has done. And the, par- the big problem that I believe the church has is we don't know what time it is. Look at the events that are unfolding. Well, the question is, what time is it? You can be really smart and the best salesman in the world, but guess what? If you miss your appointment because you have the wrong day or the wrong time, and a competitor ends up going and getting that sale, you weren't too bright. And the, the problem is, 
the the church doesn't know what time it is. And I'll give you an example. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, To everything there's a season, and there is a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a time to how many purposes? Every, every. purpose. Every purpose. There's a time. And then it goes on and says, A time to be born, a time to die. Now listen, then it says a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Do you know how Jeremiah chapter 1 starts? Jeremiah chapter 1 starts with God telling Jeremiah, guess what? It's plucking time. And uh, the problem is the church doesn't know when it's planting time and when it's plucking time because we're not on God's calendar. When you get organized and you get on God's calendar, you know when it's planting time and when it's plucking time. And we need to understand what time it is. That way we know, just like uh, in Chronicles, I think it's 1232, where God said the sons of Issachar understood the time so they knew what Israel ought to do. And because the church has gotten off of the calendar, we're on this pagan uh, Greco-Roman calendar, we don't know what time it is. Wow. And you would say the time is at hand, wouldn't you? Oh my goodness, it is incredibly (laughs) at hand. Well, okay, it was time for us to take a commercial break and come right back, but I want you to be thinking about how you can tell people that we can reconcile our misunderstanding of God's Word or misapplication or maybe taking it and saying, here's what I think it says, and they have no basis in Scripture why they came up with that, yet they're living their lives that way. So I want you to be thinking about this, Pastor Mark, as you can help us reveal that, not only in the days of Jeremiah, but in the today that we face all these contrary things that are going on in the world, but in this nation and in this government. So be thinking about that, Pastor Mark, when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Pastor Mark Biltz. Hi, Mark. Hello, hello. (laughs) Okay. See, sometimes we do things that are unscripted here, and we just have fun, and then I hand it to Mark, and he goes, how do I draw draw godly wisdom from what Kaz just did or what he just said? But I'm going to set the stage for this again, so be ready. I'm going to sing a little jingle, and then I'm going to uh, apply it to a scripture and then or an idea, and I'm going to let you deal with it as the prophet Jeremiah would deal with the phraseology. First of all, have it your way, have it your way. Have it your way at Burger King. Have it your way. Have it your way. Have it your way at Burger King. Well, that's, uh, you know, having it your way has always been our desired way. Even though we're Christians, we prefer doing things our way. So we search for scriptures that approaches our preferred doctrine, our preferred uh, point of view. And the truth of the matter is God's saying, no, not have it your way. Have it my way. And as soon as we change our mentality to having it his way, it changes our whole uh, process. It changes our whole um, point of view. And, you know, the scripture says, um, uh, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. You don't have to search for yourself with all your heart and edify yourself. He wants to edify you through him, but it also always has to go through him. Did, did I stir you up and make it difficult for you to tie this with the book of Jeremiah or not? 
<laughs> well, how about if I have a verse, Jeremiah chapter 18, uh, I tell you what, it's verse 15, Jeremiah eighteen fifteen. God says, uh, because my people have forgotten me, okay, and it says they have wandered from the ancient paths to walk in paths, uh, uh, you know, basically of their own, and that's the thing, you know, have it your way. Uh, or have it my way. That's the problem, is God's people want to have their religion their way, uh, and hopefully, that's like Cain. What did Cain do? He wanted to do the religion traditions according to his way, not God's ways. And so, <clears throat> the problem again, Cass comes back to some of our translations. For example, uh, you're probably very familiar if you've been following me. When God created the sun and the moon, it says in Genesis 1.14, he did it for the seasons. Well, when we think of seasons, we think of winter, spring, summer, or fall. But that same Hebrew word is translated as feast in Leviticus. And when I think of feast, I think of food. So here, this one Hebrew word is translated one place as fall and another place as food, and they're both wrong. Uh, this is why you have to understand the greater context. You know, it, it means God's appointed time, going back to his calendar. And when we want to do things our way and don't study how God wants us to do it, then we're not going to be doing it the right way. My, my, my. And, and, you know, when you say something like that, it makes total sense. For example, you know, when we l- look at Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and we and all of, all of a sudden you have Moses and Elijah there, and you go, oh, that's interesting, that's nice, and you try to glean some supernatural stories uh, from within that. But if you knew the time frame wherein that happened, you realize it has much more depth than you thought you knew. And that is this, you know, when... We, when was it, when did this happen? This happened during a Feast of Tabernacles time frame, and Jesus uh, uh, and Moses and Elijah appeared with him. And when you start realizing that that's a feast and festival time, you can start uh, drawing other truths within it, within it when you just thought it was a, just a nice Bible story. Oh, my goodness, that is so true. And that's just it. That's why we have to have a bigger picture. And then all of a sudden, uh, when I start studying things from the Hebrew cultural perspective, it's like I put on 3D color lens, like at the <laughs> movie theater. Everything started popping out, and it's like, oh, my goodness, look, it's there and there. It's my, everywhere. My. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about where we are in the world today and how you can use the book of Jeremiah as a teacher to give us consolation, but also help us understand we need to change our ways. You, you said some very interesting things there about we, how we define our faith uh, is not how God defines our faith, because a lot of, of our definitions have to do with uh, our, our own personal wealth or gratification in some way or another. And, you know, I, I have to step back and I have to say this is also true in the, the Jewish community as well. The Jews, uh, while they are digging into the Torah and the Hebrew and things like that, one tends to take uh, extrapolate from that things that fit with their doctrine or their comfort zone, as we Christians do as well, and then we neglect the, the depth of this, uh, of this word, and all of a sudden we realize when... When Yeshua HaMashiach comes back, or what the Jews would say, Messiah Ben David returns or comes on the scene, they're going to be amazed that this isn't exactly how they premeditated him. And we Christians are going to be amazed that this is not how we thought the Savior was going to return as well. Would you like to 
speak to that in regards to the prophet Jeremiah and what he might say to us today? Yeah, well, you know, it's fascinating, uh, going first back into Genesis, if you remember when Joseph was sold into Egypt, uh, his brothers came uh, and they didn't recognize him. Why did they recognize him? They didn't know he was Jewish. They thought he was Egyptian because he was dressed in Egyptian clothing. He spoke Egyptian. Yeah, and he had kids well, that were were Egyptian and not Jewish. <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. Their their mother was Egyptian. Yes, and he spoke by a translator. Well, guess what? Uh, Joseph finally revealed himself to them, and it says in that chapter that the Egyptians were shocked. They didn't know he was Jewish either. And so I think uh, both Christians and Jews are going to be surprised when Yeshua comes back and he's still Jewish. You know, I think the <laughs> Jews are going to be surprised, and so are the Christians. So it's, uh, it's fascinating how we always try to paint God or Jesus in our perspective or our own image, rather than realizing all of us were created in his image. That's why you can see a Spanish Jesus, a Chinese Jesus, <laughs> an American Jesus. I mean, he wouldn't even recognize his own baby pictures. He's, I mean, there's every <laughs> culture possible. Well, and so, where, so help us understand that in the church today, mm-hmm. in our Christian lives, or we say the Judeo-Christian faith, help us understand where we have made flaws and how we need to reconcile that Uh, in order to be prepared for the coming of the Savior? Well, I I think, again, we have flawed vision because we're creating him the way we want him to be rather than how he actually is. And as in Revelation, the book of Revelation, talking about end times, do we hear about trumpets? Of course we hear about trumpets. Well, that has to do also with the Feast of Trumpets, Okay, and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Israel's Day of Atonement, that will be happening. And the Feast of Tabernacles, where God tabernacles among men. I think all your listeners believe that uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, if that's the case, if he fulfilled all the spring feasts to the day of his first coming, dying on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, rising on the Feast of First Fruits, the Spirit being poured out on Shabbat, well, if he'd fulfilled those to the day of his first coming, then he'll fulfill the fall feast to the day of his second coming. But if we don't know when the fall feast days are on our calendar, there's a good chance we're going to be out of sync. Yes, and also, wouldn't you say, uh, Pastor Mark, not only knowing the, the sequence of those things, but what they mean. For example, you know, the, the Feast of Trumpets is a, a waking up, is a preparing yourself for God's fulfillment of his plans— and, of course, then you have the time between that and the Day of Atonement, where, where it's getting your heart right and prepared for the books being opened and being judged by those books. I mean, it, all, it changes the whole, uh, the whole dynamics of this thing. And, of course, then there's the Wedding Supper of the Lamb on the actual Feast of Tabernacles. Just not long ago, I was in Washington, D.C. again, for the return, you, you're familiar with what was going on there as well. This was yes. during the Feast of, 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 of Tabernacles and it, during the uh, Yom Teruah blast and into the actual, um, the actual Day of Atonement. We, we, we were there at that time. That was when uh, uh, the Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, and a lot of people think that, that there was a message in that from God and there was an opportunity for God's kids to really— weigh and pray who they were and who they weren't and where they failed or we failed and just repented unto God. And and so 
and this was you you call these things dress rehearsals and so, someday soon it's not going to be a dress rehearsal it's going to be a real thing would you like to speak to that pastor mark well i think that's what's so important cal cass uh, is because when we realize that the Feast of Trumpets will be fulfilled on the Feast of Trumpets, and as you said, they're a dress rehearsal. I ask people if they want to be at the wedding of the Messiah or at the coronation of the King Messiah, and they all say yes. And I say, well, if you want to be there, don't you think you should be at the dress rehearsal? This is how <laughs> we get ready, you know. And so for me, uh, the calendar, God's calendar is so important that we get on it so we know when these events will happen. A big example, uh, it talks in Zechariah, uh, around chapter 8, verse 19, that there are four prophetic days that have been fasting days that are going to turn into feasting days. Well, if your listeners are students of prophecy, they're not going to know when that prophecy is fulfilled unless they know when it is on our calendar that it happens. Well, well, well. This, as I have, my eyes have been opened more and more to the value of understanding the feast and festivals and the, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the signs in the sky, and how all of these dovetail. You, you've written books regarding the new moons. You've written books about the uh, decoding the Antichrist um, uh, and the end times. You've written so many books. I understand you have another one, uh, de- uh, decoding the prophet. Elijah in progress, is that right? <laughs> I don't know about that. but Did I, did I make what, that up, or am I prophesying? <laughs> I don't know about decoding the prophet Elijah, but... What, did I, I, did, I, did, I meant Ezekiel, is what I meant. Oh, <laughs> you said Elijah. It's like, yeah. what? I don't know. No, I, I meant Ezekiel. Sorry about okay. that. Okay. <laughs> well, I am... I am. Uh, I just got done teaching uh, a whole, several months on the book of Ezekiel, and now, believe it or not, we're jumping into the book of Daniel, which also is not written in chronological order. Uh, and so it's very important that we get the book of Daniel right. I mean, Daniel was just like 12 years old when he was taken uh, into the Babylonian captivity. And a lot of people don't realize when he had his, when he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he was only like 14 or 15 years old. And then it wasn't until 66, 70 years later that he got his other visions. Uh, so, wow, most people don't realize it was a huge time frame difference between those. My, 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 my. My listening friend, I hope you're inspired by what what Pastor Mark Bills has said and is saying. <clears throat> We're going to take a, a break here and then come right back. But Pastor Mark, I'm going to dig into some other of my favorite scriptures. A lot of these sure. have, to, have to do with worship and praise and the power therein. And Jeremiah speaks specifically about one of my favorite verses about worship and praise and singing in the height of Zion and things like that. But we need to realize, we believers— that a key to victory, and we're looking for we're, how God, God, how are you going to solve this tremendously difficult problem and this melee that's going on in the United States in government and um, in, in politics and in our own lives and in COVID virus and things like that? How are you going to solve them? And one of the keys is the coming and singing in the height of Zion. Should, can we talk about that in the next segment, Pastor Mark? No, of course, whatever oh. you'd like to cover. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I guess I set the stage for Pastor Mark Biltz, the author of Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah. We'll get into that, but also talking about the value of worship and praise in those days and these days when Mark and I come right back. 
You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Rob Stark, pastor of Lampladder Revival Center. There's a time and a season we're entering right now where the new wine is being released and we all get to drink of it. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hi there, Pastor Mark Biltz, the author of Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah and so many more. And he's got so many books in him, he doesn't even know the books he has in. But uh, he, one of the things, he's a pretty good book writing factory. God stirs him up to it, and uh, he sits down, and boom, there's another one. And all he needs to do is go back to some of his teaching and just transcribe those into uh, writing. And all of a sudden, he's got probably, you know, the, the Bible talks about uh, the writing of books and then the volume of the book it is written of me. Pastor Mark is one of the ones that God can say, hey, write a book about this. And Pastor Mark goes, I got it. I'm already in chapter three since you finished your sentence, Lord. So, I mean, he, he's pre- pretty remarkable in being a prolific writer. And I'm going to challenge you right now in taking okay. one of my favorite scriptures and, uh, uh, and then ask you to give some Jeremiah insights tied to sure. this. <clears throat> you know, before I do, you know, in, when I was in Washington, D.C., and I'm trying to tie this back also in Washington, D.C., Pastor Mark, because Jeremiah speaks of this. We know that there's power and praise, that God inhabits the praises of Israel. We know that there's a scripture, and I don't know exactly where this is, but it talks about beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We know that verse, and it's going to lead me into this other verse in uh, Jeremiah 33. But you know there was a young lady who happened to live in San Diego, and she was a patriot. She was a patriot. She wasn't a BLM or Antifa, she was a patriot, and she was actually invited by the security to come into the U.S. Capitol. And she found her way into an environment where there were security guards that misinterpreted her zealousness for God into something that was going to be something of danger for people in the surrounding area. And she was an innocent. She was a patriot. I I have watched some videos about her, and she is zealous for the Lord. She was zealous for Judeo-Christian values. She was upset with what the government was doing against those values. And her name was Ashley Babbitt, and she's a San Diego girl. And I was praying over her and the sorrow that must be in the eyes and the face and the hearts of her family here in San Diego. So God gave me a scripture. He said, I will give you beauty for Ashley, the, and the joy of uh, uh, the, the oil of joy for mourning. So the beauty for Ashley instead of ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I, I, I said, Lord, we need to be just really rejoice in the in the, in the how sad this loss is. And thank you for giving me this verse, but it ties in with this verse, and this is going to speak to where God is right now and where he wants his kids to be. And I think you know where I'm going with this, don't you, Pastor Mark, in Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33, starting at verse 10, 10 and uh, it talks about the Lord say, saying again in this place, which is desolate without man or beast, even in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, 
the Bible says it was desolate without man. Well, the danger in our lives as we look, look right now in America, our government is desolate. And the COVID virus is a, a virus of desolation as well. So I'm going to apply this scripture and have you speak about it regarding the book of Jeremiah. And then shall be heard in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. Listen to this, my friend. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. And that they that bring a, a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And he, the Bible talks about him returning the captivity of the land as at first. My listening friend, we get so anxious about the things that are in front of us that we forget about praise and worship and how God inhabits these praises. And I believe God wants us in these times to worship and praise the Lord as directed by the prophet Jeremiah. And I'm going to hand the baton to you. uh, So take about five minutes or so to give some insights on this in regards to where we are now and how it related to Jeremiah in those days as well. Pastor Mark Biltz. Sure. Well, I think what we need to realize is that, as you said in verse 10, God said the place is desolate without man or beast, okay, but, or inhabitant. But then he says, as you said, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, all of and the bride, that's all going to return. And then we're going to praise the Lord of hosts, for he's good and his mercy endures forever. What we see there is God is a God of restoration, number one. And number two, God keeps covenant. This is what it's so important we need to realize. Back in Jeremiah 31, a few chapters earlier, where it talks about the new covenant that he's writing, he is saying that no matter what happens, he's not breaking his covenant with Israel. As a matter of fact, the new covenant in Jeremiah 31 is with Israel and Judah, and the Gentiles are grafted into that covenant. And when we understand that, we're going to realize that, wow, God keeps covenant. And that's what's so important for us to realize is that there's there's seasons, okay, there's, t- there's hills and there's valleys. And we need to realize that God is a God of restoration and he keeps covenant. And th- the time of joy is coming uh, because his mercies are new every morning. And that's why we have to put our trust in him and, and not in the emotional ups and downs that we go through in this world. Wow. Yes, and you made an interesting comment there about joy cometh in the morning. Weeping shall endure for a season, but joy comes in the morning. My listening friend, we are in a COVID situation. You know, a lot of us who embrace the Judeo-Christian values of the Constitution, we figure that our entire life and lifestyle is not only threatened, but it looks like with another administration it can be completely thwarted and go away. But God gives us some solutions, and one of those solutions is worship and praise. While, uh, you know, weeping may endure for a season, joy comes in the morning— my encouragement to you is that joy is coming soon. I have a sense, real sense, that as we worship and praise and seek his face and even turn from our wicked ways, he is going to hear from heaven and heal our land. You can hear me right now saying this, and my listening friend, not only look and see what happens in the world, but see how God, oh, it, I, I almost said God obeys. It isn't that he's obeying us. It is that he has given us a word, and as we obey his word, he is activated by that. So, uh, Pastor Mark, I, I know that God is going to be doing some amazing uh, things in these immediate days. And so my encouragement to the listeners is to hang in there because watch and see, because though that weeping may endure for a season, joy uh, will come in the morning. Uh, a quick word about this, and then we'll take a break, and then we're going to tie everything together, all the strings that Kaz left and all the answers that 
Mark Bills tied together. Uh, we're going to reconcile all of those things when we come right back. So a quick word, and then we'll go into a commercial break, Mark. Sure. In the book of Lamentations, where Jeremiah, who wrote that book, is lamenting because of the destruction of Israel. Listen, this is where the verse is found. Jeremiah says, I recall to my mind, and this is why I have hope. And this is in Lamentations 3.21. He says, it is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed because mm. his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great <laughs> is your faithfulness. This is where it is found. That verse is found in Lamentations. At the time of the destruction, he's realizing that it's the Lord is merciful and his compassions don't fail. They're new every morning. This is the time. Oh. It says the Lord is good, in verse 25, to those who wait for him. Uh, and it is good that man should both hope and quiet wait for the salvation of the Lord. It's in Lamentations that this is found. My, my, my. My listening friend, I hope this is an encouragement to you, and I'm just telling you from my heart of hearts, I am convinced that God is going to be doing some miracles here uh, in what's going on in this nation uh, and the defiance against God's kids and the Judeo-Christian values found in and through the Constitution of the United States. And he gives us plenty of scriptures to console us. And so, Mark, when we come right back, we're going to tie all the strings together that uh, I left dangling. <laughs> and then I'm just going to give it to you and tie, tie everything together, all the stuff that Kaz left dangling. So, my friend, another task for the great teacher, Mark Biltz, and when we come back and talk about uh, decoding the prophet Jeremiah and so many other things as we pull this all together to give you hope in these days when Mark Biltz and I come, what do I say, Mark, when I come, when we come right, right, what? Well, I'm not sure when we come right back. Oh, you got it. And we will be right back. <laughs> More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this uh, entire show. We're going to wrap it up in this segment. It's a little abbreviated, but we're going to wrap this up with Pastor Mark Biltz, El Shaddai Ministries, one of the most remarkable teachers with a heart cry to bring the Torah to the nations. And uh, Mark is the pastor and leader of El Shaddai Ministries. And uh, the website for finding out more about that and even his book is www.esm.us. And the name of the book is Decoding the Prophet Jeremiah. You can find a number of other books there as well. Uh, Pastor Mark, um, this is uh, the last segment, and I want you to use whatever God's telling you in your heart to communicate with our listeners. There's a lot of anxiety going on in the world of people you were tracking with me as I went to Washington, D.C., and we had a great deal of hope what was going to happen there, and it seemed to fall flat. But the truth of the matter is, God is on the throne, and his plans have not been thwarted. Uh, he has a desire to uh, show himself mightily, and one of the keys, Pastor Mark, is worship and praise and see what he does. I'm going to let you uh, draw a close to this show and talk about how that might relate through the prophet Jeremiah. Would you be so kind, Pastor Mark Biltz? Oh, well, thank you uh, so much. I think what we need to realize is that uh, God is our hope. We we do not put our hope in any man. That's we right. can't put our trust in any other person, you know, because God says that he, uh, that as we put our trust in him, 
Okay, we know it's you know this verse you haven't memorized. I'll bet it's in Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven, where God says, "I know the thoughts that I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace." You know, mm-hmm. and uh, no, He wants to give you an expected end. An expected and end. so that's what we uh, need to realize: is our hope can't be in man. But God says, it will be found of you, okay? Uh, and so that's what we need to, to realize, is that our hope cannot be in any man. Our hope has to be in the Lord. Yes. Uh, and so, like I said earlier at the show, our circumstances we're in don't define us. They reveal us. Uh, and so we, God is bringing us through this fire, so to speak, so we can find out what we're made of. We know in the New Testament we're either building with wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stones. And God wants to get the bride ready. This is all about preparing the bride. Uh, you know, when it talks about the fullness of the Gentiles, many people misunderstand that verse, thinking that is a, a quantity or number of Gentiles, and then the Lord returns. And no, that's not what it is at all. You don't harvest a crop until it's mature. And what he's waiting for is the maturity of the Gentiles. Ah. God doesn't want to return until the church grows up. Okay, and, and so he doesn't want to marry a child bride. And so <laughs> yes. what, what we have to realize is what God is what's holding the Lord back is we need to mature. The harvest has to be ripe. If it's not ripe, he can't harvest it. Yes. And so uh, what we need to realize is the Lord is dealing with us in these times, taking us through the fire so that we can see what we're made out of. Now is the time to make corrections. Wow. Uh, the time is coming where it will be too late. You use the scripture oftentimes, and that's one that I use as well, talking about the five wise and the five foolish yes. virgins. I don't know how long the sale of oil is going to be available, but the time right now is to buy oil if there ever was a time, because there's going to be a time very in the near future when it's going to be too late to buy the oil, and you have to use what you got, and you may not have enough to sustain yourself through the dark times. Exactly right, and what's uh, one of my favorite verses is in uh, Proverbs 6, and it ties right into Lamentations as well. Speaking of the uh, foolish virgins, listen to Proverbs 6, and this is uh, verse 23, and it says, The commandment is a light, the commandment is a lamp, and the Torah is the light. When you think about the foolish virgins having lamps and no light, okay, wow, look at that. The commandments are the lamp. The Torah is the light. We need to have the light of the Torah. When we we don't put a light under a bushel, God's Torah, which literally means instruction, not law, uh, that's the foolish virgins. They didn't have the Torah in their lamps, the light of the Torah. Matter of fact, in Lamentations, it says, the Torah is no more, therefore we have no light. Uh, and so we need to realize when it comes to the foolish virgins, and this may be shocking, that I don't believe this parable, the five wise and the five foolish, I don't even think the five wise are part of the bride. Okay, wow. they just get they just get to attend the wedding. Uh, 
The five foolish don't attend the... He's not going to marry five brides, okay? So the five <laughs> foolish, they don't get to go to the wedding. The five wise get to go to the wedding, but they're not the bride. Just like Eve was created from a part of Adam, Messiah, who is the second Adam, the whole body of Messiah doesn't become the bride, but a part of the body becomes the bride. Uh, and so that's just a whole, that's kind of shocking to people, but I do have a teaching on that as well. Yeah, and I could ask so but, many different questions, but we're going to need another seven hours in the show <laughs> to be able to answer that. But here, here's the point, my friends. God is building his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You are part of that body, whether it is the body of Christ or out of that body comes the bride. It doesn't, in this particular instance, my application doesn't matter. It is being willing to go all the way with him, and he will sustain you even in troubled times. About one and a half minutes to wrap it up. I'm going to give it to you to encourage people, and then I'm going to close by telling people about your show this coming Sunday from 10 to 10.30. Mark? Well, thank you. You That verse you just quoted about the, the gates of Sheol won't prevail against it. Uh, what's so important is to realize gates don't attack anybody. Okay, what this is talking about is the resurrection of the dead, and the grave will not hold uh, the dead any longer. And what, so the kingdom of God, we need to realize, and this is where your listeners need to have hope, that Hey, no matter what, there is the resurrection of the dead. We can have that hope, and the gates of the grave are not going to hold anybody back. We're going to see our loved ones again, uh, and in that, we can have hope. This life is so fast. It's like a shadow. It's like a breath of air, uh, and eternity is forever. So that's what we need to put our hope in, uh, not in this life anyway, but in eternity. Mark Bills, thank you for spending a couple hours with me. Uh, I, I have cherished this time. I can't, uh, I can't fib. I have cherished this time, Pastor Mark Bills. My listening friend, Pastor Mark Bills, has a brand new show on K-Praise as well, and it's from 10 to 10.30 on Sundays. Isn't that right, Pastor Mark? Yes, that's right. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And so I encourage you to go and uh, go to kprz.com and uh, l- look it up and find out more about it. It's called Understanding Today's Prophetic Times through a biblically historic lens. And my friend, as we go, I've got to tell you, thank you so much, my friends, and thank you, Pastor Mark, for joining us on this show. But I want you to have a little consolation here that God has big plans for his church. He has big plans still for America. He has big plans for Judeo-Christian values. He has great plans for Israel and America in tandem with one another. I'm interested to see how that works out. And uh, Pastor Mark Biltz, what an honor to have you on the show. And my listening friend, 10 to 10.30 on Sundays, understanding today's prophetic times through a biblically historic lens. Give me 10 seconds worth of inspiration, Pastor Mark Biltz. <laughs> <laughs> Yay for Cass Taylor. Everyone needs to watch, listen to his show. Oh, that? <laughs> nicely done, nicely done. My listening friend, God bless you guys. And have encouragement because God is about ready to do miraculous things for his kids who embrace Judeo-Christian values today and even tomorrow. Watch and see. My friends, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you. Thanks for joining Cass Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker. 
and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise.